What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V, and we got a jam-packed episode today. We are wrapping up our season previews where we talk about each team. Well, we will be talking about every 11-man football team season from last year, uh, graduating slash transferring players are losing, key players to look out for this year, and then we go ahead and predict the record for these teams going into this 2022 season and this may be the most fun season preview episode that i've ever got to do research on we have a lot of very good teams here with a lot of d1 talent you can look at a lot of the stars on these teams to be playing on the next level either next year or here soon here but these are extremely talented teams on this episode in uh this 5a level where we're going to be talking about a lot of highlands ranch teams and then on this 3a level that is made up of lutheran green mountain and evergreen which are all contenders in my eyes so there you go this is going to be a really good episode so let's just go ahead and hop into this one here and let's talk about Highlands Ranch High School here. Last year had a tough season, went 1-9, lost to Freedom Monument 42-17 and Regis Jesuit 52-17 to start the season. Did bounce back, beat Heritage 36-7, then lost to Columbine 49-21, Fountain Fort Carson 44-21, Castleview in a close one though, 21-14, Rock Canyon 49-28, Valor Christian 48-6, Thunder Ridge 48-9, and Mountain Vista 42 to 0. So as you can see, a uh, extremely tough schedule here. Pretty sure all of these teams made the playoffs except for Heritage. And so that's a pretty tough go there. Now let's talk about some graduating seniors who still did their thing though, starting with Jade Arroyo. He was our number one ranked Titan in the class of 2022 here in Colorado last year. And last year he caught 43 balls for 655 yards and seven touchdowns as the lead receiver for this Highlands Ranch team. Uh, look, his ability to win jump balls and just be a vertical threat will be sorely missed for a team that really relied on him on offense to get things going. I mean, he was an absolute playmaker, a guy that, like I said, if he's in one-on-one, he's going to go ahead and win that matchup most of the time. So there you go there that's a huge loss for highlands ranch then you also have andy thompson here's the second leading receiver on this team he had 28 receptions for 532 yards and a touchdown may not have a lot of scored a uh, lot of touchdowns but he was a good complimentary fit to a here just being able to you know do a lot of work getting those uh, yak yards and uh, just putting in that work to set up some of these scores here so there you go uh, on top of that, they're also losing their third receiver here, Mason Moyle. The 6'3 receiver at 458 yards and 5 touchdowns uh, on the year as the third option. So that's going to be tough. If you didn't think it'd get worse, at least as far as losing this receiving cord uh, goes, it does get worse as they are losing even their fourth receiving option here in Max Ludwig. The six-foot receiver caught for 411 yards and three touchdowns on the year, which, you know, for a fourth option, that is pretty good. So there you go. Losing basically their entire receiving core. That was relatively productive last year. Now, on defense, they're also losing Tommy Ver... Strat, I want to say we're straight. Uh, he was one of the tackle leaders at linebacker, snagging 87 tackles, nine tackles, for losses, three and a half sacks, and recovering three fumbles. Obviously, 
that will be missed. And so all together here, Highlands Ranch, uh, basically they're losing every receiver that caught over 100 receiving yards last season. So they're going to be extremely green going into this season. On top of that, they're losing about three of their top 11 tacklers. So not too bad. They're returning most of their defense here, which should be solid. Now let's talk about key players for this year, starting with our quarterback, Ryan Chambers. Last year as a junior, passed for 2,117 yards, 17 touchdowns to 14 picks. While he did pass for a lot of yards, he did have some pretty good receivers. And so definitely a little concerning with the turnovers and his completion rating just being a little low at 51%. But that could also be a result of him just trying to get something going at the end of games, throwing a lot of jump balls, deep balls at the end of games there. And so I wouldn't pay too much attention to that completion rating there. Now, he will be returning a quarterback as a senior. And so that's going to be big for this team that is going to be losing so much. And so really going into the senior year, we'll really see what Ryan Chambers is made of. He won't have the same weapons he had last year. In fact, I mean, he's going to have even younger greener guys out there and so we'll see how good he is what that leadership looks like but it's always a good thing when you're returning your starting quarterback from last year especially with some of the production he had then now they are also returning Braden Laramere last year as a sophomore he got some carries one for 372 yards and four rushing touchdowns which was solid as he did lead the team in rushing he notably went for 147 yards and a touchdown on 26 carries against Heritage in that blowout dub there. And so we'll see. You know, obviously that's a plus for him to be doing that as a sophomore going into his junior year. We'll see what he can get going. But I'm just going to throw this out there. This Highlands Range team just is not the strongest offensive line. Um, a little a little small, at least compared to the competition in their league. So that's going to be real tough for him but you know if he is gonna go off if there's gonna be any sort of rushing game i think it's gonna start with Braden here so there you go and then last but not least saving the best for last we have isaac angle the six foot 200 pound linebacker went for 140 tackles 14 tackles for loss two and a half sacks and forced seven fumbles last year and so he'll be leading a pretty experienced Highlands Ranch defense. And in my opinion, he's expected to be one of the top linebackers in the state of Colorado. Definitely a star and definitely somebody that is on our radar for our top five senior linebacker list. So there you go there. Now, let's go ahead and predict this record for highlands ranch here so to start the season they play fairview which is real tough i think there's going to be a loss this fairview passing attack really shouldn't miss too much of a step with rowan reisner taking over here i think they'll be just as productive uh if not maybe a little bit more productive since he he is a little bit older and has a bit more experience so we'll see there uh the highlands ranch offense i mean they're going to be forced to match the offensive production of fairview if they want to win and considering the receivers they're losing and the linebackers fairview has as well uh they're going to make it a very difficult game for highlands ranch to win considering those fairview linebackers will probably take away the run game which will force highlands ranch to pass and i just don't know about all that so there you go i think that'll be a loss then they play fountain for carson uh look 
I don't think their offense is going to be the same as Fairview's, but their defense is going to be really tough. I think that's going to be a loss. This game will be a loss for Highlands Ranch. Uh, look, Fountain for Carson, they'll be returning a senior quarterback in Tavion Tooley, who, you know, could definitely be a handful this year, honestly. He's a very athletic quarterback, throwing to an athletic tight end in Josiah Stevens Silva, so there could be issues there. Plus, they have a very big offensive line. And on top of that, this Fountain for Carson defense has always always been strong and will be strong this year led by star linebacker Ty Fave and so that'll be a tough go there then it gets a little bit easier they do play Eagle Crest last year you know they have the same record as them I do think this year this is gonna be a loss for Highlands Ranch like I said they both finished one in line one and nine last year but that won't be the case this year uh, look Eagle Crest they'll be returning a big three of Fisher at quarterback Diego Cerns at running back and Tyson Clark at receiver who will make some noise after gaining some experience of last year and so I think they'll be much better going into this year uh, and on top of that they're gonna be having a pretty experienced and talented defense and so I think all of that will be a bit too much for Highlands Ranch. Then they play Roosevelt which is a 3A team but they are a powerhouse 3A team and in my opinion they might even have a little bit more size up front than this Highlands Ranch squad which is saying a bit but that's how good they are. Uh, they also have a you know a duo a running back duo of Ryan Doucette and Xavier Ramirez here which will be tough to stop throw in a manimal at receiver in Tucker Peterson who is going to be one of the top receivers in the state that's going to be a tough game to win against a Roosevelt team that very much knows their identity and will come to hit so there you go then they play Smoky Hill I think this is another loss Smoky Hill they return senior quarterback Tyreek Bowers who's due for a good year and he'll be behind a pretty massive offensive line here that has only gotten better and could potentially dominate this team in the trenches. After that we got league play here and honestly it just does not get easier as this will be one of the tougher leagues in all of Colorado. Starting with Rock Canyon I think it will be a loss last year this was a tough 49-28. Uh, lost despite Ryan Chambers throwing for 267 yards, four touchdowns to one pick, probably one of his best games of the year. Uh, but going into this year, I mean, Chambers, he loses all his receivers, while Rock Canyon returns running back Aiden Duda, who ran for 109 yards and two touchdowns on them. They also have DeAndre Horn, who scored on this team as well last year. This is going to be a tough game for them to win unless this defense steps up and plays very, very good football and forces some turnovers here. While on the offensive side of the ball, you really just can't have any turnovers at all. And then you have to score when given the opportunity because this Rock Canyon team will grind you up and will use up the clock against you. And so... I think that's all just going to be a little bit too much for them there. Then to end the season, they play Valor Christian, Thunder Ridge, Manson Vista, Castleview. I think all of these are losses. I mean, these teams are just a little bit more complete than Highlands Ranch here. The defense may be able to give some fits to some of these teams, but offensively, I definitely have some concern, uh, especially considering that, these, that this Highlands Ranch offense will have to match the talent and the production of a Valor Christian, Thunder Ridge, Manza Vista and Castleview on offense and so that'll be tough and so my predicted record for Highlands Ranch 
high school is 0-10 with the window of wins anywhere between 0 and 2. Look, this Highlands range defense should be strong against the run, but in my opinion, that won't be enough to win a ton of games considering how tough their schedule is. This is a very difficult schedule. Everyone on their schedule, with the exception of Eagle Crest, made the playoffs last year. Even then, Eagle Crest is due for a bounce back season as last year was obviously a rebuilding season and kind of a down season there as they did graduate a lot of players the season before and so they're going to be improved this year. And so honestly, it'll be interesting to see what kind of year Ryan Chambers has because any success this Highlands Ranch team has will be because of him and then you got Angle, Isaac Angle and the defense. And so there you go, but this is just a very very difficult schedule here not many teams in the state could go 500 against the schedule so there you go there moving on though we got mountain vista last year went four and six in the regular season one and one in the playoffs here's how their season went a little bit of an up and down season but they still made the playoffs so they started the season with a dub over pooter 17 to zero then lost to grandview 38 13 then got an upset win over Arapahoe 27 to 17 and that really put you know the state on notice as this was a team with a lot of potential young but definitely a ton of potential then they lost the legend 34 to 7 Beat Rangeview though 52-22, lost to Valor Christian 49-6, lost to Thunder Ridge 35-16, lost a close one, this was a winnable game against Rock Canyon 21-14, and then lost another winnable game against Castleview 42-41. Uh, then to, you know, end the regular season, beat Highlands Ranch 42-0. Then in the playoffs, they got a pretty big dub, uh, arguably an upset dub, over Legacy 42-17, led by their freshman quarterback and core, uh, really. Then they pulled Cherry Creek in the second round and lost to them 34 to zero. Now let's talk about some of the seniors they are losing here. Uh, starting with Nick Stone, he was one of our top five receivers from last year. I believe he was our third receiver there. So there you go. Um, went for 868 receiving yards and 10 receiving touchdowns. He was an explosive part of this offense, obviously being that number one receiving guy. Uh, notably, he had a four touchdown performance against a very difficult. A Rapho team that had a D1 defensive line, so there you go. So that's pretty tough. And then he also had 25 tackles and two picks on defense. He will definitely be missed as that number one receiver, but there are guys behind him that could step up. Now, another senior I want to talk about here is Jacob Gressman, uh, the senior corner at 31 tackles and four picks on defense. He was the interception leader, so that's going to be tough for loss from the secondary. Then you have J.C. Snow at linebacker. He had 30 tackles, six tackles for losses, three sacks, so some production there. And then last but not least, you got Caden uh, Rivera at safety. He had 74 tackles, nine pass uh, deflections, uh, but no picks here still. A lot of production there at safety. You're losing your starting safety. So there you go. Now, the defense altogether is losing six of its top 11 tacklers, including a lot of its secondary. Uh, the secondary would definitely be a bit green going into this next season. So, yeah. Now, key players to look out for for Mountain Vista. I think it all starts with the quarterback, Austin Modrzewski. Last year, he got the start near the end of the season, notably, I believe, against Rock Canyon, then Castleview, and then obviously started in the playoffs where he did a pretty good job there. But 
he threw for 1,502 yards, 15 touchdowns and 9 picks. Now, he was finally given the keys last year, uh, near the end of the year, and he did not disappoint at all. You know, once starting, he had some excellent games, including one against Castleview, like I said, where he torched that secondary, going for 360 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, and a close loss. Then one playmaker of the week in his playoff debut, throwing for 317 yards and six touchdowns to one interception against a very solid legacy team that had a top five corner from last year in Braden Keith, had a speedster in Braylon Tate, had all these guys, so there you go. And so this year, as the full-time starter, he should look to make a lot more noise. They get the opportunity to watch him play uh, a handful of times this offseason with his teammates that he will be playing with um, going into this high school season. And he looked good, very composed, you know, knew his reads. And so I think as the established starter going to this year, definitely a guy to look out for. Um, and honestly, I talked with some guys, you know, and I said, hey, out of all the class of 2025 quarterbacks, he might be the one. You know, he definitely might be the one to look out for, considering his leadership, considering his talent, all that great stuff. Now, he cannot do it alone, and he won't do it alone, because he will have a lot of help here, uh, starting with probably their most experienced player on offense, or one of their more experienced players on offense, uh, Kelly Roselle. Last year, he was the lead back, going for 662 yards and 5 rushing touchdowns, also played DB on defense, going for 25 tackles. Uh, look, he's going to be needed on defense, as they are losing a lot of talent in that secondary but on top of that, he should definitely be part of a very solid and strong running back rotation here. And speaking of that rotation, let's talk about another guy that will be sharing carries with Kelly, which is Chris Smith. You know, he was right behind Roselle at running back going for 457 yards and a touchdown. Kid produced well with the snaps he was given, including a notable 21 carry 146 yard and touchdown performance against range of you look for him to get a little bit more involved especially with a mountain vista um potentially having more leads in the future here then you have carter daniels he was third on the team in rushing but had plenty of key performances including a 14 carry 101 yard game against pooter then a 15 carry 122 yard and touchdown game against range of you Altogether on the season, one for 401 yards and two touchdowns. But he was mostly known uh, on defense, I would say, as he was a very key to that defense as the tackle leader. Um, just keep that in mind. He was the tackle leader as a freshman linebacker going for 106 tackles, six tackles for loss, two interceptions, and four pass deflections. That is a very good for a freshman linebacker, in my opinion. Playing varsity linebacker is extremely tough. You got to be one of the best in the state to do that. And he showed that he was. So going to this year, you know, definitely should contribute on offense in the run game. But will be a very key part to this defense that is losing a bit of players to graduation. So there you go. That's going to be a big time um, player to look out for. Then on uh, offense, you have Ja'Kai Mack. He got the start as a freshman receiver and on the season went for 37 receptions 564 receiving yards and seven receiving touchdowns with nick stone graduating he should be the number one receiver and should be a problem with austin monjazuski throwing him the ball and all the offseason stuff that i was able to attend their connection looked extremely strong it might be one of the strongest 
uh, quarterback to receiver connections in the entire state. Definitely top five, top ten in my opinion. And so that's going to be a very, very fun connection to look out for there. Uh, Ja'Kai Mack will be stepping into that number one receiver role. Also, he's gotten bigger. I know, you know, his listed height and weight is a little small. I want to say on my, on Max Preps, I honestly don't believe it. I feel like he's much bigger. And so going to the sophomore year, should be looking for another big time season. Then I do want to shout out this player, Cannon Piper. This 6'3", 250 pound senior lineman will be returning and will be key on defense as he was a sack leader with four. Plus, I'm sure he will be on that offensive line and it never hurts returning experience on the line. Either line. Alright, then last but not least, I do want to mention this player, and that is Japri Jennings. With a number of senior receivers leaving um, from last year, that leaves plenty of room for receivers to stand out, including this incoming freshman receiver, who has been one of the best in the state and the entire country, to be completely honest with you. Uh, did get to watch him play with Austin, Ja'Kai, uh, in 7-on-7 seven seven this last offseason. And just watching him develop that connection with Austin Majerzewski has been very special. And I think he could really help form an elite receiving core, receiving duo with Ja'Kai Mack. I think he's somebody that should be getting varsity snaps and probably will be starting pretty soon here as a freshman. Because he is that good, in my opinion. And so, uh, him and Ja'Kai should be a pretty lethal duo moving forward plus the rest of the guys i just talked about here as well and so a lot of fun a lot of potential for this offense here they're very young you know most of this core i mean is underclassmen <laughs> at least the skill positions on offense are and so let's go ahead and talk about their 2022 season predict this 2022 season starting with heritage i think this is a dub well heritage is getting better you know they're bringing in some talent this mountain vista team should take care of business and uh hopefully get on a roll here to start the season as you know this was a team that was on fire uh last season before playing cherry creek so there you go then they play Chaparral. I think that's a dub. This team will be losing a key part of their offense. And Kylan Wilson was also a big part of their defense as well. And so Mountain Vista should be able to handle Chaparral here. That just won't be as explosive offensively as they were last year. On top of that, you know, this Mountain Vista offense should click against this team here. So there you go. Then they play Legacy. Uh, should be a win here. It was a pretty surprising, in my opinion, to see how bad they beat them in the playoffs last year. Now, uh, that was a team that will be losing key playmakers to graduation in Braylon Tate and Brandon Keith. And so if Legacy can't beat uh, this Mountain Vista team with those guys, I think it's going to be tough to beat this Mountain Vista team without them. So there you go. Then they play University, which is a team out in Orlando, Florida. Uh, should be a good away game to play here. Love when teams go out of state. Good for exposure. Um, and then just a good experience as well for the team and for the team chemistry. I think at this point, this offense will be on fire. And it will be very difficult for this University team to combat them, considering they lost more games than they won last year. And so, should be a good showcase game. I'm going to go ahead and predict this one as a dub. Then they come back home to Colorado, and they play Thunder Ridge. One of us should be at this game. We should be sending someone to this game for sure here. It should be a good one. But I think this one's going to be a loss. 
could definitely be closer than last year's game. But this game could definitely go a couple different ways. Uh, like I said, we'll be sending someone there. Look, this defense for Thunder Ridge will be very dominant up front. And they're going to force this Mountain Vista team to pass and rely on their pass game. And then on the other side, you have Thunder Ridge on offense. I mean, this Thunder Ridge offensive line really opened it up against this Mountain Vista defense as they ran for 254 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, a combined performance from Chase Tompkins, Seth Frazier, and J.D. Rickford. And so, this game will probably be a little bit of a closer game, but if DJ Bordeaux gets a start, then things could look a little grim for Mountain Vista here, who honestly just might not have the size up front to battle this team as is Thunder Ridge uh, offensive line, defensive line. I mean, they're going to be a very tough unit, and Mountain Vista's uh, line unit, I mean, from the film I've seen, they really struggled last year, and so they absolutely need to step up here. I don't even, like, I'm looking at Austin Mondrzewski and all his, all his weapons, like Ja'Kai, Japri, uh, Carter, Chris, Kelly. Like, I'm looking at all those guys. I'm not as concerned about them as I'm concerned about this Mountain Vista line that needs to do their job for them to have a chance to win this game. So, there you go. Do their job plus a little bit more. So, yeah. Then they play Rock Canyon. Uh, I, I think this one's going to be a win for Mountain Vista. Last year's game was a very close 21-14 for Rock Canyon. And the two running backs in that game that really performed are coming back in Aiden Duda and Kaylee Roselle. But I'm going to give it to Mountain Vista this time around. Look, they're going to need to probably rely a little bit more on their pass game to really give them the edge here. Especially considering, um, you know, their line gave up four sacks last year and all those guys for Rock Canyon are coming back. And so, this is going to be a close one. I mean, look. Mountain Vista, they gotta control the pace of this game. Cannot make mistakes against Rock Canyon, as if you do, they're gonna take advantage of it. If they take the lead, then they're gonna grind out the rest of the clock. And if you're Mountain Vista, I mean, you gotta, you gotta find ways to get stops, and then offensively, you gotta find ways to score and take advantage of those opportunities when you do get to score, uh, or when you do get to get on offense, so... There you go. There should be a pretty close game. This is definitely a flippable game. I could definitely see Rock Canyon winning it. And so, I mean, if I really had to give a percentage to it, I'd probably favor Mountain Vista like 55% to to 45. So relatively close there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But definitely should be a close game. Then Mountain Vista, they play Castleview. This should be a dub. Uh, got in a shootout last year and barely lost. And so Mountain Vista should be looking for some revenge here and should go ahead and claim a dub here. This Mountain Vista team, in my opinion, could definitely outshoot Castleview. And so we will see if they play a clean game while doing it because last time that meant the difference between winning and losing. Uh, having those turnovers obviously resulted in Mountain Vista losing. So there you go. Then they play Highlands Ranch, should be a dub, should take care of business here. I won't elaborate on that. You already heard what I feel like, what I feel about Highlands Ranch here. So there you go. Then they play Valor Christian. I think this is going to be a loss while Valor is losing a lot. Mountain Vista is going to be taking their best shot at them. And we'll probably have a chance of beating them. But I am very concerned about this Mountain Vista line uh, in this game. And I'm just not sure how they hold up against a Valor team that always 
finds a way to replenish their size up front. They're always big up front, offensively and defensively, and they're always going to give teams issues there because they're Valor. And so, if Mountain Vista could overcome that, as in Mondrzejewski gets the ball out quick, and then you get good production from your receivers in Jakai and Japri, plus you find some sort of running game, you know, I don't know, between the three backs you have there, then maybe they could win here, uh, and they have a chance of winning here, but for now I'm going to give Valor the slight edge in this game. I just think the size of the up front will be too big for Mountain Vista. Um, but there, like I said, there are ways to overcome that, so we will see. So there you go. Let's get to it here. My predicted record for Mountain Vista is 7-2 with a window of wins anywhere between 6 and 8. This Mountain Vista team should see a lot of improvement and thanks to an offense uh, that should be poised for a breakout season as a whole. You know, not just one or two players poised for a breakout season, but I think as a unit, they are poised for a very good breakout season here. And so, obviously, you have the lone senior in Kelly Rosa who did his thing last year. When you add in guys like Austin Mondrzewski, Carter Daniels, Chris Smith, Ja'Kai Mack, and even potentially a freshman in Chapree Jennings, who are all taking on bigger roles. And you have a recipe for, honestly, one of the top offenses in the state when you have that much talent put together. Now, this offensive line will need to get better, though, as last year, there were plenty of times where I watched film, not just in one game, but in multiple games, where the line just did not play as well as some other teams. And so, that might be the deciding factor in how good they are this year, but I just want to throw this out there. Keep in mind, they did beat an Arapahoe team who had a D1 defensive line. And so, there are definitely ways to work around a struggling offensive line that might be outmatched in some of these matchups. I'm looking at Valor and uh, Thunder Ridge. And so, we will see what happens. Moving on, let's go ahead and talk about Rock Canyon. Uh, last year, went 5-5 five and five and then went 1-1 one one in the playoffs. Uh, so, they started their season with a dub over Horizon, 35-21. Then lost a close one to Chaparral, 33-30 in overtime. Then beat North Glen, 48-6. Lost to Denver East, 42-27. Lost to Rapho in a close one, 41-35. Lost to Thunder Ridge in a relatively close one, 28-18. Then, they beat Highlands Ranch, 49-28. Uh, beat Mountain Vista in a close one, 21-14. Lost to Valor 43-10, and then they beat Castleview 21-14. Then in the playoffs, uh, had one of the best playoff games um, in the entire state last year. One of the most exciting playoff games in the entire state against Smoky Hill, where they won in regulation, not in overtime, but they won in regulation 52-49 in a tough one. Then they lost to Legend in a pretty close one, actually, playing them pretty close here, 28-14. to So, a little bit of an up-and-down season, but a very successful one as they did make the playoffs. They got the first playoff dub in school history and program history, I believe. And they were super productive, so uh, a, pretty, a pretty good season for Rock Canyon, if you ask me, so... There you go. But let's talk about some seniors they are losing, starting with their quarterback, Cole Dreyfus. Uh, at quarterback, passed for 578 yards, 5 touchdowns, to 7 picks. Also rushed for 238 yards and 4 touchdowns. Uh, obviously was the lead passer, but this was a team that did, you know, run the ball a lot more than they passed it. So, you know, there you go. But still leadership that you're losing. Uh, on top of that, they're also losing... 
I believe it's Croy Bernie, excuse me if I'm saying that wrong, but he was the second lead back for this team, going for 1,068 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns as a big part of this offense here. So there you go. I uh, did want to shout out this player. He was a team full gorilla player. Tom Sanker uh, was the lead receiver actually with 13 receptions, 461 yards. Also contributed 220 yards, rushing yards on 25 carries. So there you go. And then last but not least here, they're losing Trey Rosendahl as a starting cornerback, racked up 57 tackles and one interception. Obviously, the 6-2 corner will be missed as he was kind of a longer, bigger uh, DB there. So, so yeah. But altogether, Rock Canyon, they're only losing two of their top 11 tacklers on defense. And then some of those guys I just mentioned on offense, which were big contributors. So, yeah. But they are also returning some major contributors starting with their starting running back Aiden Duda was the lead rusher as a junior going for 1,167 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns he will be the lone experienced or at least varsity experienced running back in this backfield and should be able to have a pretty close repeat performance if not better uh, also had 32 tackles on defense and so the offense will definitely revolve around him as he is a very talented athlete and running back then you have luke i believe it's Wanogle. like i said if i'm saying it wrong excuse me go ahead and you know dm me and uh let me know how to say it in case i am uh but i am trying my best here but last year you know was given limited chances but went for 361 passing yards and two passing touchdowns to one interception also rushed for 272 rushing yards and two touchdowns and so he's not totally inexperienced returning as quarterback and should you know at least return similar production at the quarterback position uh, if not the same as last year so there you go then you have Grant Robinson at safety, I believe. I, he's listed as a DB, but I believe he plays safety. Uh, was the top tackler as a junior, going for 93 tackles and two forced fumbles. He will be returning with an experienced defense. Definitely a guy to look out for. I believe he will be making our safety list, our safety watch list. So, um, quick plug for our watch list there. Go ahead and check those out. They'll be released on our social medias if you want to see who to look out for for next year and the stars to look out for. So there you go. Then you have Brady Campbell as a sophomore linebacker. Went for 37 tackles and was uh, the sack leader actually with 10 sacks. He also forced three fumbles and so going into his junior year should be a big contributor for this defense. Then you got DeAndre Horn. He is, in my opinion, one of the best tight ends if not the best tight end in the entire state. Uh, Rock Canyon doesn't really throw it a ton, but if they do, they got to aim at Horn and let him do some work to free up that running game. And this will probably be their last chance of doing it. I mean, he's a very talented receiver out there. He could definitely give you some good production to pair with that rushing attack. And then last but not least, you got Will Rosenmeyer. Had some snaps at corner last year, but really got to watch him this year for Team Full Gorilla. And should be due for a pretty big season this year as a potential starter at cornerback. So there you go there. Let's go ahead and predict this Rock Canyon 2022 season. So to start the year, they play Pooter. I think this is a dub here. The offensive firepower of this team should be able to control the pace of this game and win. That's their bread and butter. Control the pace and win. Then you got Smoky Hill. Um, look, they'll have a solid quarterback over there along with some size up front. 
should be may maybe not a repeat performance from last year where you know both teams scored a bunch of touchdowns but I think it's going to still be a pretty competitive game here. I'm going to give Rock Canyon the favor here and have them winning this game uh, since they will be experienced. Plus, Smokey Hill will be losing that receiver who went absolute ballistic against them. I want to say an Anthony Harris Jr. And so that's going to be a big loss for them. And so I have Rock Canyon winning this one. Then they played Denver East. This should be a dub. Um... Denver East, they may have a quarterback over there, who well, I do like, but they're losing a lot of pieces around him and on defense, and so Rock Canyon should take care of business here. Then they play Chaparral. In my opinion, this is another take care of business game. Should be a dub uh, against them since they don't have Kylan Wilson. And I, honestly, I just don't think they have enough firepower to beat a physical Rock Canyon team, so there you go. Then they play Arapaho. I think this one should be a dub. Uh, Rapo, they're losing their D1 defensive line here, uh, either to graduation or transfer. On top of that, last year, you know, was a close game. Uh, and I'm just going to say this year potentially might not be for Arapo, as I do have Rock Canyon really taking a step forward and just winning this game here. Um, taking care of business and winning it, just like they will against Highlands Ranch. Honestly. They shouldn't lose to them. Plus, I just don't think Highlands Ranch has the size to beat them. So there you go. After that, they play Mountain Vista. This will probably be a close game. But I trust this Mountain Vista team to outshoot Rock Canyon and not let the pressure get to their quarterback. Now, like I said in the Mountain Vista uh, segment here, this is definitely a game that Rock Canyon could win if they control the pace, if they play good defense, and if they get to the quarterback, which is all doable. You know, but I'm going to give Mountain Vista the slight edge here. Like I said, this one should be a close game. Definitely a game I could see them winning, though. So there you go. After that, they play Valor Christian. I think this is going to be a loss. In my opinion, the only way to beat them, um, to beat this Valor Christian team, is if they pass to DeAndre Horn and have a little bit more of a balanced offensive attack by having a passing attack here. Uh, you know, I think Aiden Duda, he's going to do his thing. They're going to be uh, physical against Valor Christian. They're going to try to limit those opportunities. But I just think this is a very tough game to win if you have to just rely on your running attack. So there you go. Then they play Castleview. I think they should beat them. They, In my opinion, they should be able to control the pace of that game and just harass this offense on defense. I think Rock Canyon wins there. After that, they play Thunder Ridge here at the end of the season. And I'm going to predict this one as a loss uh, for Rock Canyon. But this Thunder Ridge team, they will be pretty strong on defense and should be able to challenge their rushing attack. And if they start DJ Bordeaux, which I think Th Thunder Ridge will by this point, then I think that can make the difference and it'll be tough for Rock Canyon to win this game. But, you know, tune into that Thunder Ridge segment. I would probably talk about this game a little bit more uh, there. But I'm just going to say this is going to be a close loss for Rock Canyon here in this last game of the season. Altogether, though, my predicted record for Rock Canyon is 7-3 with a window of wins anywhere between 6-8. and eight. Look, this Rock Canyon team will be a lot better than people expect and should be able to run the ball well and lean on a defense that could really tighten up and be a problem for a lot of teams across the state this year. Now, the Mountain Vista, Valor, and Thunder Ridge games can all be winnable games if the defense keeps up the good work and if the offense could find somebody 
outside of Aiden Duda to produce. That's probably my biggest concern. You know, I know they are returning a quarterback. He's going to, you know, contribute what he can. But, you know, in the system they are in now, I think those contributions are naturally going to be limited. Uh, so there you go. Aiden Duda, I trust him to do his thing. Should go over 1,000 yards. Probably will score over 15 rushing touchdowns, in my opinion, at least. And that's going to be great. You know, that's going to work out. But you're going to need other guys to step up on offense, period. That's just it. You know, and so we'll see. I think Rock Canyon, they have a good upcoming program here. And they're, they're going to be due for more success here. Just uh, watch out. All right, let's move on, though. Let's talk about Thunder Ridge. Last year, went 8-2, 1-1 in the playoffs. Uh, started the season with dubs over Far Northeast, 47-0, Doherty, 34-7, and Eagle Crest, 29-0. Then they lost to Arapahoe, 38-14, but picked it back up with dubs over Pooter, 41-0, Rock Canyon, 28-18, Mountain Vista, 35-16, Castleview, 38-3, and Highlands Ranch, 48-9, before losing to Valor, 52-21 to 21 in the last game of the regular season. Then in the playoffs, um, they got a forfeit dub because Fairview could not play due to COVID, so that was good. Then they played Arapahoe and lost a pretty close one. They probably could have won this game, but lost to them 23-16. Uh, to 16. Now, let's talk about some graduating seniors as Thunder Ridge does have a couple guys that they are losing, starting with their quarterback, Seth Frazier. Uh, at quarterback, had a very good year and was an honorable mention uh, for our top five quarterback list here, passing for... 1,702 passing yards, 27 touchdowns to 8 picks. It was also Thunder Ridge's leading rusher with 797 rushing yards and 8 touchdowns. This production will be tough to come by, but they might have a potential, you know, replacement here for Seth Frazier. But we'll see here. On top of that, they're losing Chase Tompkins. He was basically the Debo Samuel for this team and a wide receiver honorable mention going for at least for us going for 300 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns while catching 33 balls for 498 receiving yards and 11 receiving touchdowns plus on defense uh, notch 23 tackles and a pick this gadget player will for sure be missed as he was just super versatile there then they're also losing their starting running back, J.D. Rickford. As the lead back, he was actually the second leading rusher with 686 rushing yards and 6 touchdowns. Also caught 18 receptions for 179 yards and a touchdown. Uh, was a very solid back for this team who really fit this system, and so that's going to be a tough loss there. Then you have Jack Horsford. Uh, he was actually the lead receiver for this team last year, catching 22 receptions for 536 uh, receiving yards and 9 receiving touchdowns. He brought a lot of experience to the squad at receiver, and so he's going to be missed. And then you got Derek Pacheco at linebacker slash DB. Did a good job getting 63 tackles and a team high 14 uh, interceptions to go with 16, 16 pass deflections. That's a ton. Uh, so he will be a slight loss to this defense that was growing last year and was very young. And then last but not least, they are losing two big name linemen um, from their offensive line. They're going to be big losses because of their talent, plus their leadership as well in Brandon M's their left tackle. And then Tyler, I think it's Chattal, I want to say. He was a guard center. And so they're going to be losing those two guys. That's going to be a bit of a loss. But they do have plenty of size to help replace that leadership, though. 
that's going to be a little bit tougher to come by, at least on this offensive line. Altogether, the team is losing four of their top 11 tacklers on defense, um, including the guys I just mentioned here. So there you go. But Thunder Ridge, they're going to be returning quite a bit here, starting with Caden Shouse. Actually got to meet this guy last year. Shout out to our friends over at OTG Athlete. They're a great organization that, um, you know, train uh, athletes, obviously, and do personal training as well. So go ahead and check them out. Uh, really love what they did. Plus, they invited us out to check out some of their off-season workouts. And so that's where we actually met Caden. Uh, and he really stood out in those workouts, which, you know, did have a couple of athletes over there that were standouts from last year. And he was just a very smooth athlete, but you could tell he had a lot of power and strength to him. And so it's not every day you find one of those athletes. And so he will be playing defensive end coming off the edge and should anchor a pretty elite Thunder Ridge defense as a senior. And he's definitely somebody to keep an eye out for for our top five seniors list. Uh, last year, he was an All-State second team guy. And I think this year, I mean, he's just going to be a force coming off that edge. Will definitely be a top pass rusher in the entire state. So there you go. Then you got Richard Okuno. He's somebody that we got to see a lot in the offseason um, these last couple months here. Did not get a ton of opportunities last year behind a very talented and crowded receiving core. But we were put on to him by multiple people before we actually saw him do his thing at TFG. And so despite being a little bit smaller than, you know, uh, some receivers around the state, Kid is an absolute warrior and is a beast and should be an issue for a lot of teams in that slot receiver role. He could do a lot of damage to a lot of teams and just be a huge uh, yards after catch guy from his spot. And so be on the lookout for him to have just a huge breakout senior year. Uh, great athlete, a good person, and definitely a tough dude. That'll honestly just embody that Thunder Ridge toughness that everyone knows about. So there you go. Uh, then you have Gavin Olshan. He will most likely be a starter at receiver starting on the outside and should be a great athlete to go ahead and help replace the Jack Horsford and Chase Tompkins of the world for Thunder Ridge here. And so he'll be a very good outside receiver. Then uh, you also have Aiden Olshan here. I, I looked into it. I, I don't know why Max Preps has like their... I don't know. It, it has them combined, which doesn't make sense because I'm pretty sure they're two different people. But Aiden here was very important to this defense as an all-conference linebacker going for a team-high 79 tackles and 8 tackles for loss while tagging on 3.5 sacks and a pick. Uh, Kid also runs around a 4-5-4-6-40, and I believe it because he flies all over the field and is very good in coverage. He will be a problem as a senior because he could both cover and stop the run. And so definitely a top five senior guy to look out for. Uh, in addition, they also have Will Fisher who will be returning. He was the second leading tackler as only a sophomore at middle linebacker. And he racked up 76 tackles and seven tackles for loss. And so he'll be probably taking a step forward along with Olshan here. Uh, so there you go. Then you got Caleb Keith here. Now this is a little bit of a sleeper here, but this 6'3", 180 pound safety will be one of the guys holding it down uh, in the back end of this defense. Do want to throw out here that he's an actual track star, had a very good track season last year, but in football he had a pretty solid season as well. Um, he had 36 tackles, 2 picks, and 6 pass deflections like I said 
as a junior and apparently he's been impressing all off season long you know my people have been telling me a lot of good things about him and look i mean if you look at his film it fits he was very impressive just peep that first play where he catches that tipped uh, interception and absolutely houses it so there you go um, also, just going to throw this out there, he also gets moved into that linebacker edge rusher spot sometimes and is used similarly to how Lutheran's Bryce Johnson, I think he was our second uh, safety, senior safety from last year, now he's at South Dakota State, but he's used similarly to how Bryce Johnson was used, uh, which is really interesting. And so Kidd will be a part of a monster Thunder Ridge defense. He brings a lot of versatility uh, to this defense, which will be big for them because they'll be able to show a lot of opposing offenses, different looks. And on top of that, he's just a very good athlete, you know, and honestly, I'm just going to throw this out there. He's definitely in contention for that number one senior spot uh, going into this season. Like I said, in contention, there are some other good players as well, even in his league. So it will be really interesting to see how good of a season Caleb Keith has. But he he's definitely going to be a star for this Thunder Ridge defense. So there you go. Uh, speaking of stars, here's another guy that should be on the come up in CJ Reese. He will be a junior this upcoming year, but this 6'3", about 200-pound receiver has made a lot of noise throughout this offseason, and so he lands on this list, and he's been on our radar. He's going to be an issue to deal with. He is uh, one of their best receivers out there, one of their more uh, athletic just players on the field out there, and so he will be a problem. Uh, then I do want to shout out this player, Zachariah Smith, uh, this junior tight end, transferred to Thunder Ridge from the Academy in Westminster, I believe, and he is 6'7", 238 pounds. He will be another big body that could be targeted across the middle for this offense and potentially be a very good blocker to uh, an extra blocker to add on uh, for this run game, which is never a bad thing. So there you go there. And then last but not least... I have to mention him, but we got freshman, incoming freshman quarterback, DJ Bordeaux. As y'all know, if you follow the Playmakers Corner, we have followed him basically since since the end of his 7th grade year and then all throughout of his 8th grade year. Last year, we, we attended basically all of his games, and so... This kid has come a very long way, developing into a true dual threat quarterback who not only has the natural athletic ability to run it and just kill you on the ground, but he could physically tear apart a defense with his arm. You know, his throwing motion, his mechanics have improved a lot. They've come a very long way, and they're pretty smooth here. They're as good as uh, they can be for a freshman, plus a bit more, you know. And so, uh, he's, I mean, look, he's absolutely talented. You know, he's definitely not only one of the top incoming quarterbacks uh, in the state, but probably in the entire country. So just going to throw that all that out there. I'm not going to talk about his talent too much here. If you want to know more about DJ Bordeaux, you can check out our film breakdowns. We've done two at this point, plus one of them was a live stream. So you could see the literal film that we are looking at there. And then we've also covered basically his entire eighth grade year. So you can look back at those weekly recaps from last year. And so going into this season, look. I'm going to be honest, I don't know how much play time he'll get. Honestly, as of right now, uh, it is August 10th, 2022. I don't know if he's going to be the starting quarterback week one. As in, like, I can't confirm that for sure that he will be the starting quarterback. 
But, you know, he is on the varsity roster on Max Preps. And so you could probably expect him to at least get playing time going into this next season, going into his freshman season here, whether it's in packages or whatever. But I'm just going to throw this out there. I do expect him to start eventually uh, this season. Now, I don't know if it'll be at the beginning, in the middle, or at the end. But in my opinion, I do think he will take over that starting quarterback role on varsity uh, eventually this season. So that's what I'm going to go off of to predict uh, their season here. You know, and so let's let's just go ahead and hop into it. To start the season, they pull a pretty interesting matchup against Arvada West. I think this is going to be a dub. This should be a really fun game to watch. And we will probably be sending someone there opening night. Arvada West, they run a tough spread offense that has found a lot of success. Led by quarterback Ethan Cook, who has looked really good rehabbing from that knee injury he had last year. He's looked pretty much brand new, if not better. So, at least that's what I've heard. And so we will see uh, what will happen here. But honestly, I trust this Thunder Ridge defense to battle this Arvada West offense and win them this game. Offensively, I'm going to assume DJ at the very least split snaps here. Uh, but look, offensively for Thunder Ridge, I think they find a way to win this game. Uh, no matter what the quarterback situation is there. So there you go. Then we have Lakewood. This is a dub. This is a game where the team as a whole should go in and just take care of business. This shouldn't be that complicated a game, if I'm being fair here. Um, and that's me being fair. Then they play Chatfield. I think this is a dub here. This, unfortunately, is just not the same Chatfield team that won state with their Wildcat quarterback graduating, moving on to Shadron State, I believe. And Mason Lowe taking up an offer uh, to play for IMG Academy down in Florida. And so they're just not going to be the same. Oh, and they lost their head coach to Valor Christian, who... You know, Thunder Ridge will see later on this season. And so, uh, Chatfield, they're just losing a lot. And honestly, in my opinion, if DJ Bordeaux is the starter, which I think he will be taking on a lot of the snaps at this point, uh, potentially in the season, then I think they win this game. Now, the only other guy that would start at quarterback, I think, outside of DJ, would probably be senior quarterback Cooper Keir. I, excuse me if I'm saying that last thing wrong first off, because I feel like I am. But he really does not have a ton of experience, you know, um, obviously on varsity because he's been sitting behind Seth Frazier. And so we'll, we'll see, you know, if they roll with Coop here, then things could definitely get interesting against Chatfield as it's not like they're like a horrible team or anything like that. But I think they still win this game regardless. So there you go there. Then they play Chaparral. I mean, look, I say this a million times. This is a team that is losing Kylan Wilson, who is a big part of this team, uh, not just on offense, but on defense as well. And so I trust this Thunder Ridge defense to be able to handle the Chaparral offense here and get the dub. So there you go. Then they play Mountain Vista. I think this is a win for, um, for Thunder Ridge here. And they should be able to physically dominate up front and get them that win just like they did last year. But don't underestimate this team as they will be trying to spread this Thunder Ridge defense out and try to pass the ball to open up the uh, running attack and whatnot, obviously. And then also, I mean, they're just looking to pass the ball so that they don't get too much pressure on their quarterback, Austin Mondrzewski and whatnot. And just keep that Thunder Ridge defense on their toes. But 
I trust this Thunder Ridge defense to be ready for this matchup. And honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and assume by this point, DJ Bordeaux is the starting quarterback um, by here. So there you go. So the rest of my predictions are going to be with DJ at quarterback by this point in the season. Like I said, that's just my personal opinion. Um, yeah, there you go. Let's move on, though. They play Castleview here. I think this is a dub. This Castleview team will be solid, and they return some players. But honestly, I think if DJ's starting, um, then just like Austin Mondrzewski last year, he could have a huge game against this team. This Thunder Ridge team overall, in my opinion, is just better than this Castleview team as well. So I think they take care of business and win here. After that, they play Highlands Ranch, another take care of business type of game, just like Lakewood. Um, so they should go ahead and beat them. Then they play Valor Christian, and I will for sure be at this game, I believe. Uh, look, the Valor community, they're not going to like this. And I know the Valor community is basically the same as the Highlands Ranch community. Eh, kinda. But if DJ Bordeaux is starting at quarterback for Thunder Ridge, which I fully believe he will be at this point in the season, if not by the Mountain Vista game, then this Thunder Ridge team will be looking to swing as hard as they can to knock out these Valor Eagles in this game. In all the years that Thunder Ridge has been in the same league as Valor, this is probably one of their best opportunities for Thunder Ridge to beat them. Considering what Valor is losing, considering what Thunder Ridge has, not just defensively, but potentially offensively if they start DJ Bordeaux here. I think this is as good as it gets here. And I think this is still going to be a tough game. Even if you start DJ, this is still going to be a tough game to win. It's not a gimme game just because you start a freshman quarterback. Just keep that in mind. The defense has to play well. You can't let Gabe Sawchuk run all over you. And you can't let their quarterback, Asher, uh, I think it's Weiner over there, go ahead and just light you up. You can't. The defense has to step up as well and do their job. And then offensively, uh, you still got to match pace with this Valor team and take the opportunities given uh, to you to score. And you can't have turnovers. And so this is still going to be a tough game for Thunder Ridge to win, even if they start DJ. But that is their best bet to beat Valor here. And so just for that, I'm going to go ahead and predict Thunder Ridge beating Valor Christian in this game in a very, very close matchup. Close enough where it could definitely go Valor's way um, if they're not careful. So there you go. Then at the end of the season, Thunder Ridge pulls Rock Canyon. I think this is going to be a dub, but this Rock Canyon team can definitely steal a game here at the end of the season. Especially if this game doesn't matter for playoffs. And if Thunder Ridge is coming off the high of beating Valor. This is as sure thing as a trap game as any. Don't get it twisted. This is a game where Rock Canyon, they're going to be looking to play upset here and beat Thunder Ridge. And that'll be a huge confidence booster for them. So there you go. That's as big as a trap game as any. They're going to be physical with Thunder Ridge. Um, and that could definitely win them this game as if they could control the pace of this game. That could mean some trouble. For this team, not just this this team, but any team, if they can, which you know, Rock Canyon does do a pretty good job of doing. So we'll see. This is a pretty dangerous game at the end of the season for Thunder Ridge to be playing, to be honest with you. But altogether, my predicted record for Thunder Ridge is 10 and 0 undefeated, with a window of wins anywhere between 8 to 10. 
Now, here's the thing. This undefeated record only happens if DJ Bordeaux starts. Whether it's at the beginning of the season, or midway through the season, or near the end, but before that Valor game, though. I expect DJ Bordeaux to be starting, and you, the listeners, should probably, too. The offense needs a mobile quarterback who could rush and take on the load to balance out this uh, offense. Because they pass a lot, which is great. But rushing-wise, I mean, they're losing the running backs from last year. And even then, their lead rusher from last year was a quarterback. And DJ, he is athletic enough to go ahead and be, you know, a lead rusher for this team. If not a big-time contributor on the ground for this team. So we'll see about that. But this Thunder Ridge offense will be the biggest question for them this season and who they start at quarterback. You know, and so defensively, we know what Thunder Ridge is. They have a rich history of playing great defense. We know that. You know, this defensive unit should be a top five team um, at minimum in Colorado. But we will see. It should be a very interesting year for Thunder Ridge. All right. (laughs) <laughs> you see the timestamp. We're talking about Valor Christian here. Let's go ahead and recap last season. So 10-0 in the regular season, 3-1 in the playoffs regular season. Beat Regis Jesuit 24-6. Oaks Christian from, I believe, California 37. Uh, Eastside, I want to say that's a Washington team. Doesn't matter. Whoop them 41-0. Beat Mullen 42-7. Uh, beat Columbine in a close one 35-21. Beat Mountain Vista 49-6. Beat Castleview 47-14. Beat Highlands Ranch 48-6. And then Rock Canyon 43-10. And Thunder Ridge 52-21 to end the regular season. Here's how their postseason went in the first round. Uh, or I guess technically second round because they had a bye. Beat Fort Collins 52-2. Then they beat Columbine, who gave them a little bit of a scare, but still beat them 17-7. Then they beat Grandview in a very convincing fashion, 37-6, before losing to Cherry Creek again at State, 21-0. Had some very interesting, uh, you know, opinions about that one. If you want to check that out, it won't be hard to. Just go ahead and look at last year's recap. So there you go. Let's talk about some graduating seniors they're losing because they're losing a ton, starting with Gavin Sawchuk, their four-star back, who's going to Oklahoma. Um, He ran for 2,004 rushing yards and 28 touchdowns. They're also losing their quarterback, Colton Allen, who in my opinion was super underrated, but was a big part of this offense, who threw for 2,133 yards, only 20 touchdowns to seven picks. Also rushed for 267 yards and three touchdowns, so they'll be losing an experienced vet here. Uh, They're losing their lead receiver, Grant Simmons. He caught 723 yards and seven receiving touchdowns. They're also losing Colton Rose at tight end. He was the second leading receiving option with 24 receptions and 298 yards and a touchdown there for them. Um, They're losing... Some pretty big linemen up front in Jake Michaela. He was our number one offensive tackle in the state last year. And Caden Parrish, our number two offensive uh, or interior offensive lineman in the state last year. And so there are huge parts of this Valor line that just blew open holes for Gavin Sawchuk. Both of them moving on to play Division I football. Uh, Michaela, I believe, is at Stanford. Caden Parrish at Drake, I want to say. Then they're losing Andrew Hale. He made our top five senior safety list. Had 96 tackles. uh, Was the lead tackler for this team and was an enforcer for this uh, defensive squad. They're also losing Jordan Norwood at linebacker. He racked up 78 tackles, 10 TFLs. Uh, He's on his way to play D1 ball at Liberty. They're also losing Luke Meyer. Um... Big edge rusher. 
He will go on to play for Air Force, but with Valor, had 49 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and led the team in sacks with 7 sacks. Uh, then they're losing Mitchell Bigelow. Uh, at cornerback, he may have not been Zaire Jackson, but definitely stepped up and did a good job, racking up 45 tackles and 4 picks, plus a whopping 13 pass deflections, doing very good there. Altogether, here's the damage for Valor Christian. They're losing nine of their top tacklers. They're losing all the receivers except for one who caught for over 100 receiving yards. Um, they're losing their starting running back, obviously, the quarterback. Two big-time linemen for them. Uh, that one D1, I believe they might be losing another one there. Uh, could be wrong. And then they're losing a lot, uh, like I said, of this front seven. So there you go. Now let's talk about some key players for this team. I got four, starting with Trey Stott, should be a top five safety uh, in the state this year. We'll probably make our list. Uh, we'll see where he ranks up there because there's a lot of good safeties, but definitely somebody that will probably make our list. And he is one of the only returners for this varsity defense from last year. And speaking of last year, had 63 tackles, two picks on that year. But look for him to take on a bigger role, be a little bit more productive. I mean, he's going to have to if this defense uh, wants to maintain where they were at and whatnot. Or at least get close to maintaining where they were at. On top of that, on defense, they're returning Brody, I think it's Bleak. I want to say, or Blyke, excuse me if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize, uh, feel free to let me know how to say that, but this 6'3", 270-pound defensive end should be a problem for teams, just like he was last year. As the other guy that will be returning on this defense, he racked up 39 tackles and 2 sacks as a junior. This year, really look for him to take a step forward and dominate like he should. He's been putting in a lot of work with 6-0. I've been uh, tracking a little bit of that. So I know he will be pretty good for this Valor Christian uh, front seven. He also plays guard, or at least it's listed at that. I don't know if he will start there, but I'm just going to throw that out there in case he does. Definitely looking for him to do his thing on defense, though, and really help anchor this thing along with Trey Stott. Now on offense, they got two guys I'm really looking at here. They got Gabe Sawchuk, obviously the younger brother of Gavin Sawchuk. But this year, he's going to look to make a name of his own uh, as a junior. Last year, though, he did get snaps as the backup and had a really good year rushing for 797 yards and 12 touchdowns. He should be the guy to power this offense, at least early on. You know, if they don't have as much of an identity, at least they have Gabe Sawchuk and they could run it and he'll probably be a hundred at least a 100 yard two touchdown rusher every game this year if not more like i said at least so there you go and then last but not least you have asher weiner i want to say um i've not seen any film on him or could find any film on him but uh he's rated as a three star and so regardless for this valor team to be better he needs to play like a three star is my expectation here and I'm just going to throw this out there. They did get a new head coach in Brett McGatlin, which in my opinion is a better fit and a better coach for this team. We have a ton of respect for him. Love what he did over at Chatfield. And so we really feel like he could do some great things with Valor Christian here. So there you go. Not a key player, but definitely a key coach to be bringing in. A good one for the culture, for that Valor culture over there. And then, not like I said, not just one player here, but like I said uh, before in previous segments of Valor, they always find a way to, you know, at least put out good size on their offensive line. Now, they may not be experienced, but... 
they're going to be big. You know, they're going to be athletic. And, you know, I trust the coaching staff to go ahead and get them fine-tuned for this season. And they'll probably get better as the season goes on. This offense will at least, uh, well, both uh, both sides of the ball, they'll get better. So just keep that in mind. More players will rise and uh, step up as the season goes on. But let's go ahead and predict this 2022 season. To start, it's not an easy matchup. They pull Regis Jesuit. Regis, I mean, like I said, they're not an easy team to play. And they're a team that kind of played them a little bit closer than most teams did last year. Despite losing some guys defensively, this Regis team is returning a very strong core with a lot more experience than what Valor has right now. Uh, Valor could definitely win this game if they keep it simple, play hard, control the pace of this game. I could see it. But... This defense will need to step up and stop this big three of Carroll, Medina, and Barnes. And so for that, I'm going to go ahead and predict this one as a loss. But like I said, if Valor keeps it simple, plays turnover-free football, and their defense needs to step up and play well against Regis, then I think they can win it. But for now, I'm going to say Regis goes ahead and wins this one. That's a winnable game for them. After that, they play Pine Creek, which will be really interesting. This will be the first time Pine Creek and Valor has played, I don't think ever, but in a minute, for sure, probably. And so, Pine Creek, they're boasting a D1 offensive line, in my opinion, that has plenty of experience. Um, and plus, obviously, they're talented as well. Along with a young running back who already has a D1 offer of his own in Mason Miller. He's going to be a tough power back. Plus a quarterback who can really make this Valor team work for a win here in Cameron Cooper. Who I assume is going to be the starter here. Throw on top that Pine Creek will have a pretty solid defense as they always do. Plus some stars at linebacker, safety, and corner. And there could definitely be some problems here. Valor wins this game if their quarterback steps up and has a good game, though, and doesn't have turnovers. But for now, I'm going to predict Pine Creek winning this one. Like I said, another close one. It's never an easy thing beating Valor. So there you go. Um, but after that, Valor, they play Fairview. I think this should be a dub. Fairview should put up a pretty solid challenge and will try to outshoot this Valor team. But by this point, the Valor squad has faced tougher uh, offensive lines, tougher fronts. And so it could be really interesting here, but I think Valor just bounces back and gets the dub here. Take care of business. So there you go. Then they play Liberty down in Arizona. Uh, look, they're not one of the big-time Arizona schools that are an actual... That, that sounds disrespectful, but it's really not. Uh, from what my sources in Arizona, from Arizona, have told me, Valor should be able to take care of Liberty pretty easily here. So, there you go. Then they play Ralston Valley. Uh, Ralston Valley, they have a new head coach of their own over there. And so, that will be a very interesting team to watch. They, they will probably be moving to a spread. But honestly, I'm not sure how successful that will be in the first half of this season. And so, I think Valor, you know, they could go ahead and slow this game up and win it against Ralston Valley. We'll see what Ralston Valley does. I mean, they're a good team. They always have talent. You know, they'll challenge Valor. But I don't know what I, I don't know what to expect from them in the first half of this season. So there you go. Uh, then Valor plays Castleview. That should be a dub. I mean, they should be able to physically dominate them up front uh, because I just don't think Castleview has the same size that Valor does. So there you go. Uh, then they play Rock Canyon. This should be another dub for Valor. This team, uh, this Rock Canyon team, is a squad that likes running it too. But unfortunately 
for them. I think that kind of plays into Valor's hand better if they run the ball and slow down this game. So there you go. Now, if Rock Canyon had a passing attack, this would be a different story. But I think Valor Christian should be able to handle Rock Canyon here. So there you go. Then they play Thunder Ridge. Look, if DJ Bordeaux is starting, that is Thunder Ridge's best shot at beating Valor. But not going to lie, even that may not be enough if everyone on that Thunder Ridge team is not on their game. This is definitely a winnable game for Valor, but we will see how this Valor team is kind of shaping up near the end here. I think this will be a good indicator of seeing just where they're at and all that stuff. This is definitely a winnable game, but for now I'm going to predict Thunder Ridge beating them. After that, uh, Valor Christian, they play Mountain Vista. This Mountain Vista team, they're going to take their shot at Valor. They're going to try to outshoot them. But honestly, the sheer difference in size up front should mean a Valor dub at the end of the day. So there you go. Now, here it is. My predicted record for Valor is 7-3. With a window of wins anywhere between 7 and 10. So I could definitely see them going undefeated. Potentially. Because they're Valor and have great facilities coaches etc they should really not ever drop below seven wins in a season um including this one and so just looking at the roster they have a host of big body linemen who could dominate the trenches and that gives them control of the trenches uh in most of their matchups which should equate to wins but this defense is really an experience and although they are returning two studs Deeper teams like Regis, Pine Creek, Thunder Ridge can really take advantage of how green this team may potentially be. On top of that, Gabe Sawchuk, uh, he will be the engine for this offense. It will probably be a 1,500 plus yard rushing yard, 20 plus rushing touchdown type of back this year. But you need your quarterback to give you something to really make having a stud like that worth it. And so the pressure is on to see whether their passing attack could develop here and be good enough. Regardless, this is what a down year for Valor looks like, and I still think they could potentially go undefeated. Alright, let's uh, let's move on. A little bit of a change of pace here. Let's talk 3A football. We got a good league here as well. Uh, starting with Conifer last year. 1-3-7, kind of a tougher year. Started the season with dubs though against Skyview 28-0, Pueblo Central 9-7. Then they lost to Glenwood Springs 35-27, Fort Morgan 42-7, Palisade 42-21. Before bouncing back and beating Littleton 47 to 0. Then they lost to Lewis Palmer 2013, uh Lutheran 55-6 Green Mountain 26 Evergreen and kind of a close one here though. 25 to 19. Let's talk about some seniors they're losing starting with the quarterback Zach Zalfa passed for 907 yards, seven touchdowns, seven picks while rushing for 66 yards and six rushing touchdowns. He also contributed 45 tackles at safety. Then you have Gage uh, Womack here. He stepped into Noah Wagner's role and he rushed for 876 yards and six touchdowns while catching 16 receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns. While on defense also snagging 72 tackles and two picks at safety leading the team in tackles. Um, you also have Gage Sims who they're graduating. He was their lead receiver with 16 receptions, 247 yards and a touchdown. Also had 20 tackles and a pick on defense. And then last but not least, you have Mason Rosser. Started at center and defensive tackle. At defensive tackle, had 42 tackles and 2 sacks. Altogether, the damage for Conifer, um, I mean, they're losing 4 of their top 11 tacklers, including the people I just talked about here. Now, 
key players to look out for for next year. Nicholas Hudson. As the second leading rusher for this team, he went for 570 yards and 5 touchdowns. Had a notable performance against Skyview, going for 169 rushing yards and a touchdown. Look for him to develop and lead at running back for this team. Then you have Grady Forsyth, this 6'4", 200-pound defensive end, defensive end and tight end as a sophomore caught 19 receptions for 230 yards and 3 touchdowns while also racking up 69 tackles nice and a team high 5.5 sacks. Grady can be a force this season on the 3A level and really turn up for this squad. Keep an eye out because this might be the year he takes a jump and becomes a big time threat off the edge or at the tight end position. I mean he has the size and athleticism to do it so there you go. Then last but not least, you got Evan Clark at defensive end. He had 37 tackles and 3 sacks. He'll be a senior this year, and so look for him to be one of the leaders for this squad. Now let's go ahead and hop into this 2022 season. Uh, to start the season, they play Fort Morgan. I think this is a dub. This Fort Morgan team is losing their entire offensive core that absolutely tore apart this defense last year. Conifer, I feel like, will be returning enough of their defense to really make this a close game. And so if the defense takes care of business, it'll be up to Hudson to get it done, probably. This could be a close one, but I trust the defense to take advantage of an extremely green offense. Like I said, could be flippable, though. After that, they play Glenwood Springs. I think this will be a loss. This was a close game last year, but that's when Conifer's uh, quarterback, Zalfa, threw for 168 yards and three touchdowns to one interception. That'll be a bit of a loss uh, as they just struggled to run the ball against Glenwood Springs here. And I just don't see them winning without a good quarterback performance to alleviate the run game here. And so I have Glenwood Springs, uh, Joaquin Sandoval, and the squad winning. Then they play Summit. I think this is another loss. This could potentially be a close one with the turn of their quarterback, Jack uh, Shireholz, I want to say, for the Summit team, who threw for 1,968 yards and 23 touchdowns. Definitely makes me nervous, even with Summit losing most of their receivers. I think at the minimum to win this game, they need to have some sort of passing game to go with the rushing game to match what Jack brings to the table. For now, I'm giving this to the team with the more established quarterback, though, and probably the better quarterback. After that, though, they play Eagle Valley. I think this could be a dub. This Eagle Valley team will not be the same one from last year, even though they only won three games. Uh, this is definitely a winnable game for Confer to go ahead and gain some confidence in. So there you go. But after that, they pull Holy Family, which is a tough matchup. I think this is a loss. This Holy Family team will be tough on defense, as always. And they have a stud quarterback to lean on this year, who really produced for them, especially near the end of the year. Then, this, th this team here, they play Wheat Ridge. This should be a dub. Wheat Ridge is moving down to 3A. And I think Confer could really take control of this game by taking control of the pace and being turnover free on offense. But they have to play good defense and take advantage of turnovers by scoring with Hudson or whoever on offense off of them. So there you go. They should win that game. Then they play Green Mountain. I think this is a loss. This Green Mountain defense is going to be really experienced. And they were virtually, I mean, they're virtually the same unit that limited Conifer to only one touchdown. And the guy who scored that touchdown is not uh, with Conifer anymore. So also throwing the fact that Green Mountain is returning basically the same offense as well. And this should be a tough game to win. 
After that, they play Littleton. I think they win this one. Evan Clark, he had an insane game against this team last year in a blowout win, 47-0. Uh, now, while I think this will be a much closer game and Littleton's defense should be improved, plus the roster in general should be improved, I'm going to give Conifer the slight edge here. After that, they play Skyview. Should take care of business there. I'm not going to expand on that. Then they play Evergreen. I think this is a loss. I think, first off, Evergreen's defense can be really good this year and can give this Conifer rushing attack issues. Though in a good or a great, really, quarterback-receiver combo um, in Paholski or quarterback-running back combo, I believe, in Paholski and Zimmer. And I think it's too much for Conifer to overcome. Altogether, though, my predicted record for Conifer is 5-5 five five with a window of wins anywhere between 3-5. and five. This Conifer team will be bringing back most of their defense that should be improved going into this year. But what I'm most concerned about is the offense that they return. Yes, they have Hudson at running back, but outside of him, they need a quarterback to step up and win them some games. And so we will see if they can roll out somebody who could do that, which is why I could see them winning five games at most, going 500 but I can definitely see a winning total of three games as well. So, there you go. Alright, coming up next, we got Evergreen. Last year, won 8-2 and, and lost in the first round in the playoffs. But, to start the season in that regular season, they beat Battle Mountain 35-6, Wheat Ridge 35-10, Sterling 50-0, Gateway 56, George Washington 41-23, before losing to Lutheran 46-2, and Green Mountain 31-16. Uh, but bounce back with dubs against Palmer, uh, or sorry, Lewis Palmer 53-12, Littleton 42-8, Conifer in a close one 24-19, before losing to Durango 56-3 in the playoffs now let's talk about some seniors they're losing starting with owen pardo he was a lead receiver with 37 receptions 548 yards and six receiving touchdowns uh they're also losing their second receiver in jacob rutherford the 6-3 receiver caught 44 receptions for 306 yards and four touchdowns also did a solid job at corner uh getting 46 tackles and two picks then they're also losing gabe bittner i want to say 14 receptions, 175 yards, a touchdown at receiver. But a corner was a big part of this defense, getting 59 tackles and 6 pass deflections. Altogether, Evergreen losing 5 of their top 11 tacklers and losing a lot from their secondary as well. But they are also returning a lot of players for this year, including their quarterback Tommy Paholski. As the first year starter, he had a very impressive year, passing for 1,961 passing yards, 21 touchdowns to 5 picks, also had 4 rushing touchdowns on the ground. Uh, while he will be losing his top 2 receivers, he should have a little bit of experience still here at receiver, but he will need to really be sharp against these tougher defense to progress and to really win some games. But I still trust him to do it. Uh, he was a good passer, and I trust him to get it done. So there you go. Then you got Gabe uh, Zimmerer, I want to say. As a lead rusher, he had 784 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. Also caught 23 receptions for 228 yards and two touchdowns. And now linebacker racked up 44 tackles. Should be a big part of this returning defense, but most importantly, should take off a lot of the load from Paholski and be a security blanket for him on offense. And so interesting enough, he didn't play in the Green Mountain or the Lutheran games, and they got blown out in those games. So uh, let's see what this year brings and all that great stuff, but I think he'll be a big time back for this Evergreen squad. 
Speaking of big-time players, we have Russ Woodward here, the 6'6", 240-pound defensive end and offensive tackle has hit a growth spurt. And so going into his senior year, he is massive, and that'll be massive for this team. As a junior, though, he collected 70 tackles and 4.5 sacks, but he will also be returning at tackle where it appears that he has earned a D1 scholarship, actually, from Eastern Washington to go ahead and play. Earned that over the offseason, so congrats to him. Regardless of what he plays, though, on the next level, he will be dominating this level, being one of the best linemen in the state and 3A. By the way, he was also All-State second team, but that should change going into this season. He's going to be an absolute force off the edge, plus somebody to protect uh, Poholsky's blind side here. Then on the other side of Russ Woodward, at least on defense, you got Jordan Turnbull. As if Woodward wasn't enough, they have a 6'4", 210-pound defensive end in Jordan Turn uh, Turnbull here on the other side. As a junior, he had 56 tackles and 4.5 sacks. But with attention being drawn to Woodward here, uh, probably in this upcoming season, Turnbull should be able to make some noise of his own on the other side. Uh, he also plays tight end, and uh, so look for him to potentially get some touches. I was really impressed with this film. For his size, he's pretty athletic, and so definitely an athlete that's going to turn up for this evergreen team here. Then last but not least, you got Jack Johnson. At middle linebacker as a junior, he was a lead tackler for the squad, going for 114 tackles and 9 tackle for losses. Uh, he should be in for another big senior year as he leads this defense. Now, let's go ahead and predict this record here. Uh, to start the season, they played Battle Mountain. Should be a dub. They defeated them pretty easily last year, 35-6. And Battle Mountain, I mean, they're losing key parts of this offense. So, I just don't know how they fare against this evergreen defense that will feed on the chaos of their inexperience. So, there you go. Then they play Northridge. Um, look, before I predict this one, I will hopefully be in a at attendance at this game here i really want to see this one i believe it's on saturday so it should be an excellent matchup i think this is going to be a dub for evergreen i think evergreen has a slight advantage here uh this will be a battle and it will feel like a playoff game but evergreen's pass rush combined with the firepower they have on offense might be too much for northridge this time around now going into next time it could definitely be a totally different story but regardless even though i have evergreen you know favored in this one i still think it's a toss-up game and this is definitely a game where you know tommy poholsky could have a signature type of win here so we'll see there after that they move on and play equal valley they should take care of business and beat them then they play discovery canyon campus that should be another dub um they should be able to get after the quarterback here for dcc who kind of struggled against pass rushers or great pass rushers last year so there you go then they play Severance. This will be probably their next toughest game uh, on the regular season. But this is a game where Tommy Poholsky and Gabe Zimmerer uh, could have signature games if they win. Um, they should be the difference in this game against a Severance offense that may be able... I don't know. They may struggle to find traction. We'll see what they do. But this is a very tough Severance defense to play. And so Poholsky and Zimmerer will have to step up here. Then they play Green Mountain, and I'm actually going to predict this one as a loss. They lost to this team last year, 31-16, and Green Mountain will basically be returning the same team here. This should be a close game, but I think this also might be a trap game for Evergreen here, especially if they beat Northridge and Severance. So 
there you go there definitely a winnable game and could be a toss-up but for now i favor green mountain after that they play littleton they need to shut down bryson malanga and if they do they'll be in a very good spot to win this game which i think they will so that's a dub there after that they play skyview wheat ridge they should take care of business and win there. No excuses to lose those. Then they play Conifer. That should be another dub. They should be able to shut down the run, which would be the strength of that Conifer offense since they're not returning a quarterback with varsity experience, at least from last year. So altogether, my predicted record for Evergreen is 9-1 with a window of wins anywhere between 7 and 10. I can see a world where they go undefeated this regular season and are looked at as an absolute juggernaut and potential number one seed in the playoffs. Worst case scenario, they drop those three games and they make the playoffs with a seven win record, which I would still think, you know, they're dangerous at that point. But realistically, though, I think they drop one of those three tough games and they win at least one of those three tough games. We'll see how it goes down specifically here as the season uh, goes on. But regardless, I think this Evergreen team is a contender. Alright, now let's talk about Green Mountain. Last year, went 6-4, 0-1 in playoffs. Here's how their season started. They beat Monarch 35-14, uh, lost to Golden 35-14, beat Stanley Lakes 17-14, then lost to Holy Family 28-6, uh, lost a close one to Pueblo South 23-21, but beat Lewis Palmer 25-21, Evergreen 31-16, Littleton 68-8, Conifer 20-6 and then lost to Lutheran in the last game of the regular season 58-8 but in the playoffs they only lost to Fort Morgan 14-0 which was pretty impressive honestly now let's talk about some graduating seniors they don't really have many I actually only found two seniors on the roster but one of them was Robbie Roper this 6'3 220 pound defensive tackle slash guard had 37 tackles and one and a half sacks last year then you also have Zachary Westland at defensive line he had 32 tackles and four tackles for loss along with two sacks and that's it that's all they're graduating I looked at their max preps roster and could not find another senior so let's go ahead and talk about the key players for this team because this is basically the exact same team from last year starting with Donnie Carney the 6'5 225 pound tight end caught 11 uh, receptions for 127 yards and a touchdown he has been offered a D1 scholarship by the University of Northern Colorado uh, right now to play at tight end so there you go he also plays defensive end and outside linebacker was part of a pretty stout defense that gave some teams trouble last year uh contributed 46 tackles and one and a half sacks as a junior so there you go then you got anthony uh degrazia i want to say he was one of the many running backs who contributed for this group but led in touchdowns he had 203 rushing yards but had seven rushing touchdowns also was the lead receiver with 131 yards and 11 receptions, but played cornerback as well, where he had 44 tackles and four picks as a corner, um, well, as a junior. Uh, by the way, he was an All-State Honorable Mention player. Then you have Dom Sanchez. He was a productive part of this backfield, going for 464 rushing yards and four touchdowns with notable games against Evergreen, 69 yards, two touchdowns. Nice. Pueblo South, 101 yards, one touchdown. And Lewis Palmer, where he didn't score, but he rushed for 195 rushing yards. Uh, he was also on the defensive line where he had 54 tackles and three sacks on defense. Should be a big part of this team returning. Uh, in addition, you have Noel Dakers, I want to say. Uh, excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. 
it might be Dakers. Uh, but this running back as a sophomore was the lead guy for this team, at least in terms of rushing yards, with 540 rushing yards and 4 touchdowns. Had notable performances against Monarch, where he ran for 132 yards and 2 touchdowns. Stanley Lake, 148 yards and, t and a touchdown as well. He should be the lead back going into his junior year uh, and be trouble for a lot of teams there. So there you go. The last but not least, you have Zach Wallace as a quarterback. Um, well, sorry, he was a junior, and he played quarterback, threw for 517 yards, three touchdowns, four picks, but rushed for 298 yards and two touchdowns. Should be a big part of this offense, returning as a senior, and will lead one of the most experienced groups in Colorado. So this is a team that is basically the same team as last year. And last year, you know, they came within two touchdowns. Well, I guess three touchdowns, technically, of beating the eventual state champs in Fort Morgan. They only lost to them 14-0. to So going to this year, they're definitely a contender. So here we go. To start the season, they go to Florida actually play this team called Hollins. I think they should take care of business to get the dub there. When they come back home, though, they play Severance. I think this will be a loss. This game will be a close one, and it will feel like a playoff game. Um, honestly, this Severance team has the ability to shut down this run game and give them some issues. The team with the better passing game, in my opinion, will win this one. But I think this will be a toss-up game, though, when all is said and done. After that, they play Pueblo South. I think that's a dub. This Pueblo South team has athletes all over, but will be starting a new quarterback this year after graduating Jace Bella. After losing a close one last year, I really feel like this experienced team should be looking for revenge and be able to beat Pueblo South this year. So there you go. Then they play Mead. Uh, this should be a dub. Most other years, this game would go Mead's way probably, but not this time. Green Mountain will have uh, significantly more experience than this Mead team that is just losing a ton of their core. And so they'll play a tough game, Mead will, and be physical, but Green Mountain should be able to match that plus more. And that should result in a dub. So there you go. Then they play Evergreen. <sighs> this should be a dub. Um, some may even consider this an upset win over an equally tough Evergreen team, but I think both these teams are very good. They beat this team 31-16 to last year, and like I've been saying, they're returning basically the same exact roster that did that. So this team should still be a tough matchup. Obviously, they shouldn't underestimate them, um, as they should be one of the toughest teams on their schedule next to Severance. But they just need to play a physical game and control the pace of this game early on, and I think Green Mountain wins it. After that, you got Conifer and Wheat Ridge. I think both of those are games where they take care of business. Then they pull Littleton. This is a team that will be better this year, but Green Mountain is not messing around, and they should be able to win regardless of how the scoreboard looks. Like I said, could be a close one. Then to end the season, they go ahead and they play Skyview where they should handle business. Altogether, my predicted record for Green Mountain is 9-1 with a window of wins anywhere between 7-10. and 10. This Green Mountain team is returning pretty much the same identical team from last year that made the playoffs and only lost to the eventual state champions 14-0. They are absolutely a contender this year and will be looking to play their brand of physical Green Mountain football, which is running the ball and playing excellent defense. Their only threats this season, this regular season, in my eyes, are Severance and Evergreen. 
those games can really go either way, honestly. Also, there might be a trap game in either the Mead, Pueblo South, or Holland's game, but they really shouldn't lose more than two of these three games. Altogether, that is the worst case scenario. Best case scenario, they go undefeated and contend for a top seed. Reality is that they may lose one or two games and still be one of the top seeds in 3A in the playoffs. Alright, let's move on though. Let's talk about Littleton High School. Last year had a tough season, went 1-9. Their only win was at the beginning of the season where they beat Lincoln 48-0. After that, they lost to Thornton 40-18, Englewood 19-14, Sand Creek 36-27, 56-0, Denver North, Conifer 47-0, Lutheran 49-0, Green Mountain 68-9, Evergreen 42-8, then Lewis Palmer 54-6. Uh, let's talk about some graduating seniors. They don't have a whole ton here, but they are losing two here, including Peter Braun, the 6'2", 210 defensive end, had 36 tackles, 6 TFLs, and 4 sacks that year. They're also losing Adrian Sierra. He had 14 tackles and 2 picks. He was the lead INT leader for them, so there you go. Altogether, only losing two of their top 11 tacklers from last year and not losing many seniors maybe losing three or four according to max prep so there you go now key players to look out for there's a couple here starting with bryson malanga uh excuse me if i'm saying that last name wrong but he's a watchless running back who rushed for 943 rushing yards seven rushing touchdowns while catching six receptions for 105 receiving yards he was also a top tackler for this defense a linebacker with 47 tackles and two picks he's he is the next level player in my opinion and will be super productive this year as well uh very very underrated then you got ethan bird the 6'3 200 pound defensive end slash tight end another watchlist guy should be able to contribute in the past game a little more this year while doing his thing on defense as a junior he went for 43 tackles and a team high 10 sacks should be a very good pass rusher off the edge especially as a senior here then you got aiden lauer at receiver he had 286 yards on 17 receptions and six receiving touchdowns he should be the lead receiver as a senior he should be able to produce if this passing game is productive at all speaking of passing game let's talk about timmy higgins at quarterback passed for 646 yards eight touchdowns and nine picks but had a 39 percent completion rating at the very least, he needs to play a cleaner game to really open up this offense. That drought of not scoring against Conifer, Denver North, and Lutheran was bad. And so, that cannot happen again. Aside from him, though, you have Armando Jimenez. The sophomore linebacker had a good year going for 60 tackles and forcing two fumbles. Going into this year, he should definitely be better. And then I gotta shout out my guy, Chase Pruitt. Probably one of the top incoming freshman linebackers along with Eagle Crest's Sterling 24. I'm not sure what the playing time will look like, but I know he is one of the best defensive athletes in the state. Um, he will be, I believe he will be starting on varsity at linebacker. And so no surprises if he's able to contribute significantly for this team. They got an absolute stud over there. Now let's go ahead and predict this 2022 season. Um, to start the season, they have Sierra. I think this is a dub. I'm going to be honest, I feel like Sierra really doesn't know how good this little team, team can be. And I'm just saying that from what I've heard being down here in the Springs. So I trust the Littleton to go ahead, take care of business, and gain some confidence here. After that, they play Arvada. I think this is another dub. I think this is... Another winnable game for them against a 2A team in the Patriot League that just didn't have many wins. I'm going to look at Littleton Stars and Ethan Bird and Bryson to really just take this one over, which I think they can. After that, they have Alameda. 
Uh, this should be another dub where they take care of business. Then they have Englewood. I think this is a this is a win for them. Um, I have no idea what Englewood is going to do without the Johnson brothers, who they revolve their entire offense and their defense around. And so their identity is up in the air. While I trust Littleton to know what team they are and play tough, disciplined defense, and then keep it simple. Turnover-free offensive football. And so last year's game was close, but I think Littleton will be on a roll going to this game and get the dub here. After that, they play Kennedy. I think this is a win, but it could definitely be a close game here. I trust Littleton to really control the pace of this game by running with Bryson and then focusing on limiting Cisneros and Gallegos over there. But they will have to be on their toes, though, as this team will be one of their toughest opponents, at least up to this point in the season. And they they have a very explosive offense over there, so you got to look out for them. But I think Littleton wins this one. Then they play Skyview. That should be a dub, another take care of business game. Uh, and they should be pretty confident after this first half of the season. But then they play Evergreen. That's a tough team. This Evergreen team is going to be tough to beat. And the only way they do that is if the passing game picks up the slack. And not only does that, but has a very good game. Because Bryson just can't do it all for this team on offense. But... For now, I'm going to predict that one as a loss. Then they play Conifer. I feel like this could be a winnable game, but Evan Clark just had an absolute insane game against them last year. While I don't think it will be as bad this year, the defense needs to show they could handle Clark here. And so for now, I'm going to predict this one as a loss. Then they play Green Mountain. Uh, this Green Mountain team will be extremely hard to beat with the players that are returning this year and what those same players experienced last year beating this Littleton team. And so I feel like this Green Mountain team should be able to defeat Littleton here. After that, though, Littleton pulls Wheat Ridge. I think this is a dub. Honestly, I trust the identity of this Littleton team to be just much more uh, established than this Wheat Ridge team. And so I think they win here. Uh, altogether, though, my predicted record is 7-3 with a window of wins between 6 and 8. Honestly, this Littleton schedule is quite a bit easier than last year's schedule, especially that first half of the season. I really feel like they should be able to handle that and maybe lose only one game, which would pot potentially be to Kennedy. Uh, the stronger teams in their league, though, are just so much more established as of right now. And other players on this team will just need to establish themselves and develop in order to have a chance at beating those teams like Conifer, Evergreen, um, Green Mountain. The type of players that ha they have between Bryson, Ethan, and Aiden, uh, Lauer, plus an experienced defense, should improve on last year's record, though, at the very least. Alright, now coming up next, we have Lewis Palmer. I'll talk about them real quick here. Last year, won 3-7. Uh, here's how their season went. Lost to DCC 41-20, beat Coronado 14-6, then lost to Palmer Ridge 49-0, Pueblo South 26-7, Mead 42-8, Green Mountain in a close one 25-21, beat Conifer 20-13, lost to Evergreen 53-12, Lutheran 54-16, and then beat Littleton 54-6. Now here's the thing with Lewis Palmer. They have all of their offensive stats put in. But they did not put any defensive stats in here at all, which I feel like would have really given me a better feel for this team. And as y'all know, we are covering all 11-man football teams in the state. And so I 
you know, I, I can't, it's really hard for me to just go down there and check out what they have. Um, especially considering these are, you know, games from last year. But graduating seniors, though, they have Jake Kinsley. He was the lead rusher who went for 488 yards uh, and I believe eight or so touchdowns, I want to say. Then you have Joseph Hawk or Hoke, I want to say, as the second leading rusher. He went for 466 yards and three rushing touchdowns. Like I said, no defensive stats to go on, so I can't really give defensive players some love here. Now, key players to look out for. Kenton Kenley, he got snaps last year, seemingly splitting snaps at quarterback with their senior. As a sophomore, he passed for 294 yards, three touchdowns and 10 picks. Did rush for 267 yards and four touchdowns. He's going to need to clean up his game for this team to get better, which I believe he can now that he is the established starter because that might be the other thing to it as well. Um, they're also returning Luke Delange, or Delange, I want to say. It looks like he only got uh, receptions in four games this season, but in two of those games, they're close to winnable games. Um, was the lead receiver where he caught seven balls for 161 yards. Look for the 6'3", 200-pound tight end to have a better senior year with a more established quarterback at center so there you go uh like you said not a lot of defense players to go off of which i'm really sad about because i feel like you know, looking at some of these games against green mountain uh from last year there are some guys to work with to build with and so just keep that in mind as i predict this 22 season but they play dcc i think that's a loss that team's just arguably better and they have a pretty experienced backfield so there you go coronado uh i believe they beat them last year only 14-6. to six. I think this year will be a loss. One of my most concerning thing about this Lewis Palmer squad is the size up front. And Coronado, they have Aiden Luna, who's a big old defensive tackle that won't have many players at his size to stop him. So, also throwing a couple established players in that Coronado backfield. And honestly, I don't know if Lewis Palmer wins this matchup. Then they play this rivalry game, Palmer Ridge. I think Palmer Ridge takes care of business there. Then they play Canyon City. I think Canyon City will try to get in a shootout with Lewis Palmer. And as of right now, I think that is a game that Canyon City would win if they do. Then they play Falcon. I think that's going to be another loss. They're a 4 team, by the way. Although this team is rebuilding, they have a talented young quarterback in Carter Thorpe. Plus a number of other players on defense returning to bring together a pretty stout front seven that could give Lewis Palmer some issues. Then they play Harrison. Uh, look. This is a team that has one of the biggest, de bigger defensive lines other than Palmer Ridge that they'll face. And so I think that'll be a loss. On top of that, TJ Washington and Carlos Preciado will be doing what they can to wear down this team. Then they play Pueblo South. I think this is another team that has some size up front. Thinking about Orion Birch over there. Plus a couple receivers, skill players. That'll be issues for Lewis Palmer, so that's a loss. Then they play Pueblo Central. Um, this Pueblo Central team may not be as big up front. And so it, uh, Lewis Palmer may be able to stop them. But they play an unrelenting game of football. And will have multiple athletes at skill positions that could tear apart this defense. Then they play Sierra. I think that's a dub here. I think they get this dub and uh, be able to go ahead and take care of business here. They play Pueblo Centennial next. After that, they got a quarterback over there. But other than that, I think Lewis Palmer should be able to take care of business ending the season with a dub. Altogether, my predicted record for Lewis Palmer is 2-8 and eight, with a window of wins of 1-3. and three. Look, uh, Lewis Palmer, you need to get it together. And I'm not really talking about the kids or the athletes. I'm looking at the adults. 
uh, more so than the kids who, in my opinion, excuse the language, but they're half-assing it, not putting in defensive stats. And I feel like that's just lazy if you're putting in full offensive stats from last year. And so it may not seem like a big deal, but teams that don't put in stats usually aren't good. Uh, there is a correlation there for sure. On top of that, this team is graduating uh, a backfield that, you know, found what little success they could on offense. Plus, this line for Lewis Palmer just doesn't have the size that a lot of teams that a lot of other teams do. And you know, if those teams don't have the size, they have a ton of established skill players, at least on the schedule, who are productive behind bad lines. And so, I, it's it's not looking great for Lewis Palmer right now. I think first things first, they gotta take care of business at the top. Adults, they gotta get it together. After that, they gotta put their uh, athletes in positions to succeed or better positions to succeed. Which I don't know. I don't know. So there you go. Okay, let's move on and talk about a contender here in Lutheran. Last year, one ten to zero, two and one in playoffs, came one game short of the. Uh, state championship, but here's how their season went. Started off with a dub against a Lutheran out in Missouri, I want to say. They beat them 35-14. Then they played Denver North. I was at this game. Uh, they beat them 48-14. Beat Battle Mountain 61-0. Pueblo Central 60-0. Heritage 60-14. Evergreen 46-2. Littleton 49-0. Conifer 55-6. Lewis Palmer 56-16. Green Mountain 58-8. Then in the playoffs, Beat Discovery Canyon 49-7. Beat Palisade the exact same way, 49-7. Then they lost to Fort Morgan, 23-21. Uh, definitely heard some things from some sources, you know. Uh, felt like this team probably wasn't at 100% going into that game. And, you know, they kind of just played a little bit more of an uncharacteristic game than anything. But regardless, this was a team that was talented enough to go to state and probably win it. It's not a bad thing, though. Losing to the eventual state champions by only two. They should be proud of that. Now, let's talk about some graduating seniors, some talented guys that were a part of that team, though. Starting with Clayton Jacobs. He was our second best rated senior quarterback uh, last year. Really close to first. He could have been the first place one, but but just barely missed out, though. Still, though, last year passed for 2,271 yards, 30 touchdowns to 7 picks, while rushing for 945 rushing yards and 18 rushing touchdowns. Had a phenomenal year and was a championship-level quarterback, as we predicted. Uh, then you also have Dorian Pacheco. This two-way player was a depoy candidate for us, but contributed on offense at running back, going for 746 yards and 14 touchdowns. Also caught 12 balls for 285 yards and four receiving touchdowns. So a lot of production there, but did his thing at linebacker as well. Racked up 81 tackles, four sacks, and forced four fumbles, just being an absolute force for them. Then you also have Bryce Johnson. He was our second rated senior safety in last year's class. Uh, he will be going to South Dakota State, so congrats to him. Ironically enough, he was committed to CSU, uh, and then they retracted his offer, and so he went to uh, South Dakota State who uh, whooped CSU last year. So, in my opinion, a big loss for CSU, but that's neither here nor there. Last year, he was a force at receiver, catching 19 receptions for 492 yards and 7 receiving uh, touchdowns. And then at safety, he racked up 75 tackles, 14 tackles for losses, 2 interceptions, and 2 forced fumbles. Um, another guy I want to mention is our guy Ari Jacobs will be going to CSU Pueblo but started at guard for them and he was uh, actually our fifth best interior offensive lineman in the state last year according to our rankings. So there you go. Uh, they're also losing Brody Donahue at DB. Had 34 tackles, 2 picks. Cole Rarick, I want to say. 
at defensive end, had 20 tackles and a team high four and a half sacks. He was a co-leader in that, by the way. And then Ryan Allen, he was a lead receiver, one of the lead receivers for this team. Um, Caught 35 receptions for 601 yards and 7 touchdowns. Altogether, they're losing 6 of their top 11 tacklers, including the guys I just talked about right here. Now, this is a very deep Lutheran team who has a lot of key players to talk about. So let's go ahead and hop into it. One of their most important players has to be Ryan Kenny. As a rotational junior running back last year, he ran for 750 yards and 11 touchdowns while catching 14 footballs for 162 yards and a touchdown. At linebacker, though, also racked up 76 tackles and 6 TFLs. He is an electrifying running back with the ability to make our top 5 senior running back list. I will say that right now. Uh, despite the Zulu team losing so much offensively, they're returning a legitimate threat and star at running back and linebacker. He is super explosive. He is a home run hitter. He's going to be a problem out here. Speaking of problems, you also got Joshua Ayers at linebacker. Last year as a junior, he had 74 tackles, 19 tackles for loss, and four and a half sacks. Uh, he was that other co-leader in sacks. He was a force for this team and part of a linebacker core that honestly just plays a big role for this defense. Just looking at how Luthen uses their linebacker at defense, he should be due for another big year. Now, switching back to offense just briefly here, you got Jaden Williams, Trey CCO, and Joe CCO. Trey and Jaden will be seniors while Joe will be a junior. These three receivers should make up a pretty talented receiving core. Uh, Jaden Williams got to see a lot of him. He played tight end for the 7v7 Ducks. And he had plenty of splash slash highlight reel worthy plays against a very good talent. Now, we'll see if he plays either tight end or receiver. Now, if he played tight end, then he definitely should have been somebody who made our watch list. Uh, I just didn't include him there because I wasn't sure what he'll play. But I think he'll play tight end, and so he'll be a big body target there. Then you got the CCO brothers, on the other hand, who were very talented receivers that impressed me last year, specifically against Denver North and moving forward throughout the season. I think they provide a lot of yards after catch opportunities for their quarterback and Speaking of quarterback, their quarterback for this year will most likely be Rockin' Doggard. Uh, excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, go, feel free to correct me, but this is a kid that I'll definitely be keeping an eye on this year. Will be a junior this year, and like I said, most likely will be the starter for the squad. Took a lot of looks at him through some of his offseason 7-on-7 film, and he looks good. Throwing in rhythm, accurately, uh, stretching out defenses against some pretty good teams out there as well. Now, losing a guy like Clayton Jacobs is always going to be tough. And, but the drop-off really shouldn't be all that bad with Riken stepping up at quarterback here. Especially with the talent around him, he'll be able to grow and get better as the season goes on. He's definitely a name to look out for. And I'm just going to throw this out there, while he may not have the same athleticism and mobility as a Clayton Jacobs, passing-wise, I feel like they are pretty close here. Um, obviously, Clayton Jacobs is better because, you know, he's the more experienced guy, but I see a lot of similarities is what I'm saying. All right, now I just want to throw out a couple more names here. Uh, well, not really names, but units. They are returning the majority of their line on offense and defense from last year. Didn't really see too many guys. They were graduating that played the position. And then one name I do want to throw out there is Peyton Garrett. Definitely a name to look out for to help fill out some spots on the defense that they are losing. Uh, I know they're losing Dorian Pacheco at middle linebacker. And Peyton 
Hayden here is listed at linebacker and could probably be pretty versatile moving him around. He is one of their bigger players there as well. So there you go. Those are the Lutheran boys to look out for. Let's predict this record for them. So just like last year, start the season out playing Lutheran, uh, that same team from last year. I think they beat him last year, so I think they could do it again this year. This team offensively will have a ton of options to work with. And then defensively, the linebackers are very strong for this team and really should make this other Lutheran team work. Then they play Mead after that when they come home. I think this one should be a dub. This was definitely a state championship scenario that could have happened last year. But unfortunately, it is this year and Mead is losing quite a bit from that state championship appearance team. Could be a toss-up game as Meade always has size and will be returning a couple pieces. Uh, but the linebackers, I mean, they're going to have to stop Sean Medlock first off and then whoever else they roll out next to him. And then I think this is a game where Riken he could really have a breakout game. And if he does, I think they win this one. And so I'm going to predict this one as a dub um, because of that. So there you go. Then they play Discovery Canyon. This should be another dub. This is a team they absolutely smashed in the playoffs last year. Going into this year, should be a favorable matchup for Lutheran, assuming their linebacking core takes care of Trevin Alisio and Ethan Emmons. Uh, similarly to last year, shutting down that duo will be key to winning this game. Then on offense, they got to play a clean turnover-free football uh, game, which I feel like they can do. So there you go. Then they play Pueblo East. I will be in attendance of this game. Pueblo East, they are losing a ton all around, um, especially their defense, which will be hurting. And so a green defense like this definitely is vulnerable to this offense that has a lot of potential. So there you go there. But don't overlook them. They do have a quarterback in Zayden Stevens who should be taking a step forward. After that, Lutheran plays Montrose. I think this will be a loss. I mean, this Montrose team won't be the same team that took the 4A-1A seed in the playoffs last year because they're losing a ton of pieces all around, especially on defense. They do return, though, star running back Blake Griffin and have the same ground-and-pound system that took down a lot of the top programs uh, from around the state last year. And so because of that, I think that will be a tough game for Lutheran to win because Montrose, they're going to try to control the ball. And honestly, they're going to be happy winning 7-0 to and then beating you up the rest of the game and so Lutheran they gotta be ready to hit in this game and offensively uh, just keep this in mind it really only takes one turnover to give Montrose the lead here and if you give them the lead that's an iron grip that's gonna be tough for them to break out of um, so there you go after that, they play Holy Family. I think that's a dub. This game will be another tough one. They'll be returning, Holy Family that is, will be returning their star quarterback, Rylan Cooney. And as always, we'll have plenty of size up front to protect him. Next to Montrose, this will be probably their next toughest defense that they play. Could be a toss-up game, but I trust Lutheran to go ahead and win this one at home. Then they play Lincoln, Northfield. Those are both take-care-of-business games, in my opinion. After that, they get Kennedy. I think that's a win. But do not get into a shootout with this team because that's probably their best chance of winning. Kennedy's best chance of winning. The defense will have their hands full with Cisneros and Gallegos and they will need to perform here to win. They need to prevent them from getting easy touchdowns and stuff like that and really challenge them. And so I'm not really as concerned about the offense as I am the defense of this one. But I still think Lutheran wins this one. After that to end the season, they play for Morgan. I think that's a dub. 
Uh, should have been a dub last year in the playoffs, but without their athletes, for Morgan's athletes, uh, they all graduate. I think Lutheran beats them this year. And so my predicted record for Lutheran High School and the High Lions is 9-1 with the window of wins anywhere between 7-10. and 10. Lutheran should still be a contender this year. While this schedule is definitely tougher than last year, that'll be good though, and it'll let us know what kind of team we have here. Plus, it'll challenge them. This offense has the potential of being another top 5 or 3 offense in the state, while defensively, it wouldn't surprise me if they were top 10 in 3A this year. Their linebacker core should be strong and could definitely win them some games. I am looking at games against Meade, Montrose, and Holy Family as potentially tough games to win. And then, just as a side note, DCC and Kennedy could be trap games as well. Altogether, though, I think Lutheran, they're going to be tough again this year, and they'll be really, really fun to watch. Alright, so, there you go there. Thank you so much for rocking with us. This was our second-to-last 2022 season preview episode before we go ahead and uh, have the 2022 season start. You know, we have one more episode next Monday. That should be a good one. Talking about some teams in 4A there. That'll be a lot of fun in the Jeffco League, I want to say. And so, be on the lookout for that. And if you want to look out for those, go ahead and show us some love on social media. That's at Playmakers Corner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, go ahead and throw us a follow on TikTok as well. We'll be posting shorts of this. Plus, hopefully some uh, traveling TikToks going all over the state. We'll be posting some TikToks there. That'll be really fun to do. And um, be on the lookout for our YouTube channel and our Twitch account at Playmakers Corner. Go ahead and give us a follow. Subscribe to us there. We will be doing some live streams there once the season starts. Recapping games, showing highlights, all that great stuff. So if you have any highlights that you want us to show from that week, go ahead and turn them in. And we'll do a little show there uh, for our weekly recaps. That will be really, really fun. So yeah, but like I said, thank you so much for rocking with us. And we'll catch you all later.